Would you please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. We start reading at verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. I want to talk to you this morning about breakthrough perseverance. Perseverance is a determined, steadfast endeavor to pursue something in the midst of difficulties. Perseverance always leads to blessings. So many times I think we miss blessings because we don't look for blessings. We look for the way out. And the reason we look for the way out is because we're hurting. That's why we need perseverance. Most of the time when you ask somebody just casually, how are you doing? They will say, I'm just fine. Every now and then, you will hear somebody respond with that question, and they'll tell the truth. And they'll say, I'm struggling. As you look at this part of the Bible, I think it's a good time to look at our struggles. And it's a good time to look at God. Because He's the God that sent the struggles. When we look at this book too, we see in this pick, pick a part of Scripture, Jacob. Jacob is a very sure type of every believer. Jacob, you remember from Romans 9, is a figure of how we are saved by God's electing grace. Jacob have I loved, God said. He loved him before he was born, having not done either good or evil. Jacob, though, was kind of a sneaky guy. Jacob, remember, was always about trying to figure things out and plan his own way. 
You know, he wanted the birthright from Esau. And at the prompting of his mama, he got it. He deceived his brother. He got paid back a little over with his uncle Laban, you remember, when he said he loved Rachel and worked seven years for her, but he got Leah. He persevered through that, though, and went another seven years, and he got Rachel. And right here in this book, and and this chapter, Laban's coming after him. Laban has a right to. Jacob knows he's done his brother wrong. If you read these verses before it, Jacob had kind of laid out this plan. He was going to put his flocks and his cattle and all out, kind of string them out. He tells his guys what to say. He said, well, you tell them this is Jacob's and therefore my brother Esau. And what's so amazing about that, that Jacob had prayed to God earlier that God would lead him. But then he takes it into his own hands that he was going to figure it out himself. It was going to be his plan. That's just like we do. We pray to God and we say, God, help me. And then we proceed to do our own deal. We're going to make it happen our way. We're going to do it my way. But there's a turning point in Jacob's life right here. And I trust there will be to you and me as we look at our lives. And we come to understand that we are just helpless and when we can just surrender ourselves to God. The softest pillow we can ever sleep on is, is just trusting God. Instead of trying to say, well, you know, this is how my life is going to be. This is how my children are going to act. This is what they're going to do. This is what I'm going to have. And we'd be lots better off and we'd be blessed when we just trust God with it all. Now, perseverance... It's not only endurance. No, no, perseverance is not some sort of just, well, I'm going to just not do anything. Perseverance is a working assurance. Hear me, a working insurance that God is working out my life in my struggles. But you do not need to be ashamed of your struggles. They are from God. And God is using them to build your life, using them to make a holy character because his one objective is to make you like Jesus Christ. You will never find a blessing that doesn't come, that means anything, but by the cross. And God blessed him there. You think about it. You think about those midnight hours that you've been through and that you've had and those struggles. And God has blessed you there, hasn't he? That's where you find your blessings. Right in the midst of our pain 
and our struggles. God blessed him there. He didn't bless him with all this scheming. I'll tell you, the life of a believer is just like a bow and arrow. And God knows where he's going to shoot the arrow. But we don't. We're just like that bow and arrow and God is stretching us and stretching our lives and we get to the point and we say, I can't take it anymore. And we don't know what God's doing, but when God finds that purpose in our life, he he lets it go. There's no pain in your life without a purpose. You remember that. Has a purpose. I want to try to say three things. I, I'll probably just end up this little series I've tried on burdens, blessings, and breakthroughs. I've enjoyed trying to study that. I've tried to apply it to my own life. But one thing we're going to have to understand about God and about us is we're going to have to understand that we're failures. Now, we don't like to, we don't like to deal with that in our high-class world. But we are failures. Unless you and I can get to that point, you'll never know what a blessing really is. Because you're going to always think that you just did a little this. That's what Jacob had to do. And that's what you and I have to do. And you better well believe that God loves you enough that he is going to send you enough pain and problems and struggles that you'll know how helpless you are. Now God took uh, uh, the part of this man's thigh out. He limped the rest of his life. But he had more power than he'd ever had before. Why? Because he saw the face of God and God blessed him there because he saw it in his struggles. And that's where we're going to find God. The first thing I want to say, when you think about breakthrough, burdens. Burdens are problems, adversities. Burdens are what give you root of faith in your life. Burdens are just like the ballast of a ship. That's what keeps the thing from toppling over. You can't see it. But it's the weightiness, it balances things. I can't see the burdens you have right now. You can't see mine. But we better thank God for them. The blessings that we see are often disguised. And the blessings that we see are coming from God, just God's presence in our life. And then the breakthrough is understanding that God is who he is. If you ever saw, just took the time to watch God make a morning. You know how he does it? He takes the darkest part of the day. And then he starts little by little bringing light. You can just see the silhouettes of it. You don't know what's out there all together. I know in my back window, I see the trees. I can see the form of them coming. 
as God makes a morning. And that's how God does it in your life and mine. It can get pretty doggone dark. But you watch him. You, you just persevere in there and you let that faith God has given you take hold of your heart. And you tell the devil to go to hell and you get your feelings and your facts and your faith in the right place. And you will start hear the music of praise to God. That's how God makes the morning. And those birds start singing. And the squirrels start jumping. And God makes a morning. And he's the only one that can do it. And it breaks through from the darkest part of our lives. So when you think about breakthrough perseverance from this part of scripture. First of all, I want you to see with me that Jacob was alone. What we need to understand is the importance of being alone. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. Until God gets us alone, we will not be able to embrace his blessing in our lives. The problem I think we have is that we're here, there, and everywhere except we ought to be, where we ought to be. See, we're so concerned about what everybody thinks of us that we forget the greater question is what God thinks of us. Because when you get alone with God, you got to deal with yourself. And we're living in a world where people do not like to deal with themselves. We have to face ourselves. We need to be alone with God. Too much church, too much religion will ruin you. If you can't be alone with God, how little it does somebody to make their life about activities and socializing, even in the religious realm. Furthermore, you won't really know you love somebody intimately until you're alone with them. And God is a God that we're to love with all our heart, our soul, and mind and strength. So get alone with him. If you can get along with him, you can get along with him. And don't say you don't feel like you're worthy. Jesus came to die for sinners. He came to heal the sick. And maybe our greatest sickness is our own selfishness. So get along. He said it was your own. You know, sometimes we need to realize the value of being still and know that I'm God. Mary sat at Jesus' feet alone. That's where God is going to break through to you when you're alone with him. Now, yeah, he can do it all the time, anywhere, company or not, but, but when you're alone, Jesus tread the wine press alone on the cross. 
And when we die, when our time comes to die, we're going to die alone. But when I say alone, you know I'm talking about being with God. Because he will never leave you nor forsake you. It's just this way. If God is going to bless you and break through you, he's going to have to break you. He might have to break some things away from you. God will do this. He will take people, places, and things out of your life that you thought were the greatest strength and blessings that you could have and tell you and show you the greater blessing. How many times has a rich man became poor and ended up happier? How many times has a healthy person became sick and became closer to God? No wonder Jesus said, he that loses his life shall find it. <laughs> that amazing? He was alone. Secondly, he had an adversary. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. I want you to notice something with me. Jacob didn't come up here and say, well, here's an angel, or here's God, or here's just, man, I'm going to wrestle with him. No. Just the opposite. The Bible says, and there wrestled a man with him. See, the adversary was an angel, a Christ-likeness. But he was wrestling with Jacob. Jacob was not wrestling with him. Is God wrestling with you today? Has he strong, is he giving you some struggles in your life? You know how he does it? By problems. Adversaries. I told you they're from God. I want you to know it. Because that's where you're going to find your blessing. Be thankful that you've got problems. Here it is, though. Look for blessings in your problems. Do not try to run away from them. So we have adversaries. Why do we have them? To make us holy. <laughs> See, God is a lot more concerned with our holiness than he is our happiness. We want to be happy. And don't get me wrong, God wants us to be. We're to rejoice at all times. But the problem is we have a tendency, like Jacob, to deal with other things. See, what Jacob had to do was get God right. And everything else was going to get right. He was going to find reconciliation with his brother. He was going to see that I've done my brother wrong, but he's forgiven me. But to get to that point, he had to get God right. So what we got to do is get God right. When we get God right, everything else is going to fall in place. You hear me? That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto thee. 
Now, are you big enough or you have faith enough to prove that from God or not? Are you going to listen to the world or yourself? When you get along with God and when God wrestles with you to the point that you've got to have some relief, to the point that Jacob did where he just could cling to God. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. See, we have an adversary. Hebrews 12 says a father chastens a son that he loves. He does that because he loves us. Did you know that you have pain and problems and struggles because God loves you? It's hard to figure that, isn't it? But it's true. You know, Jacob, I said, was a figure of every believer. Jacob's greatest adversary was his own self. And I imagine that is our greatest problem, too. See, Jacob had two natures. And so do you if you're born again. You have a spiritual nature that wars against your carnal nature. Now, don't fool around with that. This is serious spiritual warfare. Believers need the gospel just as much as maybe even more than unbelievers. we got to preach to ourselves that Jesus has not saved us and we're here on some performance merit-based life. Just because you're hurting and struggling doesn't mean you've committed some big sin or little sin. It means that you're one of God's children and that he loves you so much that he's going to give you something that's going to leave you clinging to the one that will bless you eternally. But the problem we have with that, since we do have two natures, Either we take it too lightly or we either rebel and run from it. What we ought to do and what Jacob comes to do and what this wrestling deity is doing to him is understanding that Jacob, you wrestled, you struggle. But when you and I come to the point that we have nothing, and that we're literally failures in all we do, we will cling to God like we never had before, and God will bless us there. That's what he does. He blessed him there. And uh, so not only do we see that he's alone, that he has an adversary, thirdly, that he is admonent. Admonent means that he's not going to give up. He's not about to change his position. How is that with you? You're not a fair-weather Christian, are you, where you just say, you know, if things are going pretty good, I, I, can, I can handle church. God's good. Pray for that love and God heals. God is so good. What if you pray for them and they die? Is God not good? See, if you're going to have persevering faith, you're going to say, God, I have made up my mind that you are good all the time. We got to make 2 Timothy 1.12 our refrigerator hymn. Where Paul said, I am persuaded 
that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And we need to be able to do that come hell or high water. Come COVID or Democrats or Republicans or whoever else. You got to settle down with God. And you got to sit on God and believe him and trust him. And just deal with your feelings in a way that will put them in the place where only God matters. He was adamant. I'll tell you what you got to do. You got to do like Job. Job lost everything he had, literally. Job said, in Job 13, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now you can't do that in human terms. Do not try this yourself. You know that God has to give you this spirit. Because lastly, I want you to see with me that not because of that steadfastness, that embassy that Jacob had, when he come to understand that he had nothing to do but clean, he kept quit struggling with God. He said, I'm just not going to let you go. That's all I can say, God. I want you to bless me so much. Do you really want God to bless you that much? Or are you just okay if it's kind of getting by, you know? You'd just rather live nobody notices me. Not that you want to be noticed, but you, know, you want to get by. You know, I'm sure, I, I imagine there's a lot of people just be okay just going to heaven. I mean, just straight on to heaven. But I'll tell you what. The, the road to holiness is paved with pain. You better believe that. Jesus preached it. He lived it. So if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to follow pain. Or pain is going to follow you. And then lastly, Jacob was altered. Changed his name from Israel, which means power with God. Jacob meant supplanter, deceiver. That's how we all are. We still got some of that in us. But God alters us. He changes us. He transforms us. He's still working on us. This is probably one of the greatest lessons in the Old Testament that I know of of sanctifying grace. Step by step, that, that, I can see Randy in all this. I hope you can see some of you. I mean, that's how it is. You got your own deal you're going to make, and you think this is how it ought to be. And then we find out there's nowhere to go but God. And then we're not ashamed to be beggars. And when we're altered, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. What that means is, I saw the face of God. You know where you're going to see God? You're going to see God in your persevering, the struggles of your life, never giving up, depending and then working all you can do, assurance of God being with you in your life, understanding that you're not perfect and you need every struggle God sends to, to mold your holy character just like God wants it to be. And you will see a blessing of God. You will see God make a morning in your life. For we see 
Jacob saying, I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him. You see the breakthrough? Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want you to know that every cloud that's in your life is full of blessings. You know, they call them cloudburst. I'm going to say for the believer, the problems we have are nothing but blessing burst. God is stretching your heart by the pain and struggles of life just so they'll hold more blessings. Now, do you want it? I'm going to tell you, our God's a blessing machine. He blesses us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Might be well said, seek ye first the blessings of God. If you seek it with all the heart, you'll find it. You can find a blessing in every problem you're dealing with. I'm convinced of that in my life. I've had a few problems, and I have yet to find not a blessing in every one of them. You hear me? Might not have been what Randy wanted, but I know it's what God wanted. That's the face of God. Now here it is. Is this not a place God would bless us? It is. God is not hindered from any place, his personal thing. God will bless you just like it is, just like you are where you are and when you are. Now you want God to bless you and feel that forgiveness and grace, I'm going to tell you this. Are you willing to give up all your sins, every one of them, or you want to get rid of them? I'm going to say God will bless you there. That's what you want to do. He will. Now, if you're not through with them yet, or you just don't think you're, uh, you're able yet, or you just don't believe just right, or you just want somebody else to think about this, or you got this that you like a lot, I want you to understand that you can't cling to God and hold to something else. You got to let it go. All the hurt and the bitterness of your life, you got to just let it go and hold on to God and say, God, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. And God is faithful and patient. He will bless you there. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. We thank you, Lord, for the struggles that remind us how weak we are. We thank you, Lord, for the failures that our own ways have made us and the audacity we have had to think we could build a home, a marriage, a church, a business without you. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming grace. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to see your face, and to know that our life is preserved. Because as we do, O Lord, the very glow of it reflects in us the very sustenance of our life, the Lord Jesus Christ. O God, may your light shine so that others may see that you blessed us there and glorify you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.